Lord, you, you, you do things we don't understand. But I'm glad I know that your thoughts are not my thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. I'm glad to know you're, you've got it all under control. God, I praise you today. I praise you for this place. I praise you for the spirit that's in this place. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Thank you for the freedoms that we have to worship in this place. Thank you for the Spirit that's evident and obvious. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll touch this thought. Touch this thought. God, you gave it to me earlier in the week. And I didn't understand why. But I do now. Help us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, say amen. If you will, I want you to just if put Acts chapter 2 in uh, verse uh, 43, I think. I just want you to put it up. I, I, I'm not going to stand and read. I don't want to. I just want to give you a thought. I got a whole outline, but it's just gone the last three weeks. I haven't got preached all yet, so we ain't going to start now. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's what I call a camp meeting. Church, we see salvation, baptism, and church membership all in one verse. Then the verse 42. It says, and they continue. Say that with me. And see, getting saved and baptized and joining the church is not the finished product. That's not the end of the deal. That's just the beginning. The Bible says that they continue. In three weeks, we have been preaching out of chapter 2. We have, we have come to the conclusion that there was worship and praise. The Bible says that the Spirit of God touched them, came upon them, and God taught us that week that if unless He's in it, you ain't worshiping. Now you can come and have church, but unless His Spirit's in it, you're not worshiping. And when they begin to worship and praise, a crowd begin to form and a crowd gathered together. Then an old-fashioned, Bible-believing, wild-eyed Baptist preacher stood up and said, Men and brethren... Let me say something to you. He began to expound Christ and tell them that this one that you murdered, this one that you uh, put on a cross, this one that you have killed, God has raised him up. His name is Jesus. You're well aware of him. He was the Nazarene. He was the one that turned, listen, water into wine, the one that healed the lame and healed the blind, the one that raised folks from the dead. Y'all remember him? Jesus, the one you killed? Well... God has, God has exalted him. He has raised him. He has made him Lord and Savior. He began to expound Christ in his message. And then they, there, there was conviction experience. The Bible said that they were pricked in their heart and said, Men and brethren, what must we do? I'm glad I go to a church where Christ is expounded and conviction is experienced. 
I don't want to be in a place where there's no conviction. I don't want to be in a place where he just tickles my ears. I don't want to be in a place where he just tells me what I want to hear. I don't want to tell you a good luck story every time you come. Sometimes we need to hear that there are sinners and they will go to hell unless they get saved. We need to feel old-fashioned Bible conviction. I need a witness. Conviction was experienced. Christ, listen, he was expounded and they begin to feel uh, conviction. But thank God, salvation and conversion was experienced. They got saved. They got saved, born again. And the kind of salvation they got, they were were where they were supposed to be the following week. They didn't come and, listen, profess a prayer, sign a card, and then you couldn't find them for three months. The Bible says after they got saved, Holy Ghost saved, they continued. They continued. There was worship and praise. There was witness and preaching. And then uh, three weeks I've been trying to get to a work in progress. We are a work in progress. We are a work in progress. If all you get is the, the shouting in here and that's it, you, 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 you're, you're, you're missing out. The work in progress. Most of y'all know, most of y'all know that we've been going through a transition period. We've been changing things. We've been changing scheduling and programs, Brother Ron, and and not for the sake of what other people are doing, not for the sake of uh, anything, but trying to do what we can to make disciples. God has put this on my heart so heavy in this, this past year, I cannot, I cannot get over it. I can't get past it. I can't get around it. God wants disciples. It's not enough what we've been doing. It's not enough with what I grew up in. It's not enough. We're not making disciples. We've been changing things and rearranging things, and we've been asking some things of folks. Now, it's obvious, and I knew it. I knew it when we when God put it on my heart. I knew it when I started it. I knew that it would not make everybody happy. I knew that there would be folks that did not like change. That's just a given. We're humans. Nobody likes change. Say amen. And I begin to I begin to look at this. And I read, I want you to look in verse number 44. Verse 44. And all that believe, how many of them? And all that believed were, now whether you know it or not, or believe it, we're in this thing together. We're all wanting the same thing, or supposed to be. We see in Acts 1, they were in one accord. In Acts 2, they were in one accord. Every time God did something great, they were in one accord. They were together and had all things common. You ever notice a little child? One of, the, one of the characteristics of a little child, unless he's had great, great training, if you have a toy and another little child comes to that toy, what's the first thing he does? Mine! Mine! And the sad part in our generation, we've got 20-year-olds saying that. Shouldn't be. But that first instinct is mine, 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 mine. Selfish. But the sign of sign of maturity and development had all things common. 
Amen. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. This is my church. This is your church. This is this is my place. This is your place. And I and I, I seen that. I seen that. Trust me, I got an outline. Three three point outline, sub points illustrates the whole deal. But God woke me up yesterday. Five o'clock in the morning. Five o'clock in the morning. This one thing all week long. This is where we're trying to go. We're trying to do what they did. We're trying to develop and how they were developed. But God said, before you can do that, before you can take those steps, before people will do what they did, they have to have the spirit that they had. And I looked at their spirit. It said all that believed were common and had all things common. That's a selfless spirit. They were unselfish. It wasn't about them. Are y'all with me? Then look at verse 45. Verse 45. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They not only had a selfless spirit, a selfless attitude, a selfless demeanor. They had a sacrificial spirit. What does it mean to sacrifice? It means to give up or to give to. You give up something for something else. You give up something for God. You give to God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your... God says it's just reasonable. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. Philippians 2. And by the way, Philippians is all about joy. Christian joy. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's not saying you need to mind everybody else's business. That's saying that you need to be thinking about others more than you think about yourself. Then it says this in Romans 15, 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. I said, God, they had a sacrificial attitude. They had a selfless spirit, a selfless attitude. In church, I'm not getting on to nobody. I don't want you to think that. I'm just trying to help you understand if we're going to get to where we want to go, this is what we got to have. It's not about my ministry. It's not about my class. It's not about my room. It's not about my piano or my guitar or my pulpit. None of this is mine. I just get to hang out here. It's all his. And I said, Lord, how do we get that? I know we're supposed to have that. But how can I help them get that? Yesterday morning, 5 o'clock yesterday morning, my eyes popped open. One word 
One word came to my mind. God said, Calvary. Calvary. Now, what's that got to do with anything? See, these people, Miss Diane, these people, when this was going on, when they had the unselfish spirit, the selfless attitude, and the sacrificial attitude, they wasn't but 50 days from witnessing the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. The word Pentecost means 50th. The Pentecost, listen, the, 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 the Feast of Pentecost happened 50 days after Passover. 50 days from the Calvary experience. 50 days from bloody Calvary. 50 days from watching. And some of these, some of these that are speaking, some of these that got saved were there crying out, crucify Him, crucify Him. You know why they had a selfless attitude? You know why they were willing to sacrifice? They did not call what they had their own because they could remember bloody Calvary. They could remember Christ dying on the cross and shedding His life's blood. They remembered every time they beat Him in His face. They remembered every, listen, hair that was plucked out of His face. They remembered when they spat upon Him and mocked Him and cursed Him and denied Him. They remembered every stroke of that hammer. They remembered every stripe across His back. They remembered seeing His insides being seen from out. And if God could do that for me, it ain't much for me to give up something. Listen, yesterday morning I woke up and it dawned on me. The reason that most Christians today are not willing to sacrifice is because they've forgotten Calvary. Listen, Eric Feldman. Eric Feldman tells of meeting an older Chinese couple in Hong Kong. He was preparing to travel to mainland China. And, and this is what he wrote in his, in, his, in his diary. I knew I'd be pressed to carry Bibles and literature on my trip, but I was hesitant and tried to mask my fear with rationalizations about legalities and other concerns. Feldman learned, listen, that the couple, although in their 60s, were newlyweds. 60s, they were newlyweds. They had been engaged to be married in 1949. But the husband had been arrested and imprisoned for 30 years. Each time, listen, the next 30 years the bride-to-be was allowed one visit per year for a short period of time. Following the brief minutes together, the man would be called to the warden's office and said, you may go home with your bride. He said, if you'll renounce Christianity... You can go home. Just, just deny Christ. We'll let you go home. Ain't no, ain't no sense in staying here any longer. We'll let you go home. Just deny Christ. And every year he'd come back with the word no. Eric Feldman said, I was stunned. He said, how in the world was you able to stay in the strain for so long of being denied your family, your marriage, and even your health? He said, when I asked, he seemed astonished at my question. And this was, was his reply. With all that Jesus has done for me, how could I betray Him? I was in my office yesterday looking at some stuff up on my computer and I got a, uh, a video that interviewed, there was three missionaries, three Christians that were killed in Turkey last year. Last year? We're not talking about in Rome back in the early, I'm talking about last year. They were taking a German missionary and two, two 
uh, uh, converted Muslims that had gotten saved. Nakati, uh, Aiden, Ugger, I can't even say their names. And then Tillman uh, 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 Gessley was the German missionary. One was 36, one 32. The German missionary was 46. They went to an office where they would have, they would have uh, uh, church meetings. They would have uh, basically little Bible studies with seekers, people that were in Islam, uh, 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 Muslim young people that, that were seekers, that they were supposed to be seeking after truth. They went with them. They went to the office building that day, uh, uh, listen, with every intention of sharing the gospel with somebody. Five young militant Muslims. Five young, listen, they had interest college exams. They had teamed together and got rope and knives and towels because they knew it would be grisly. Went in and took these three Christians, tied them to their chairs and began to torture them for hours and hours took them and cut their throat from ear to ear and left them to bleed out and die in the floor. The police busted in and found them. All three of them died. All three of them gave their life for Christ. They interviewed They interviewed the wife of the German, the German missionary. And this is what she said on national TV, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And some of us won't even come to church if the air conditioning ain't working. We've forgotten Calvary. We're not willing to give up something to gain something that's greater. Paul said, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was of the elite class. He had everything going for him. He had it all, fame and fortune, the whole deal. But the day he got saved, he lost it all. Paul said, I counted but dung. You know why? He remembered Calvary. Listen. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to give up some things. Not because I want to, but because God's leading us to. Preacher, how can I deal with that? Just remember Calvary. I got home. This is how real this is. I got home. Had my three points. My three points. The attitude they displayed. The activity. Listen. Listen or the attitude they expressed, the activity they employed, and the insistence they enjoyed. God saves, listen, every day. But God wouldn't let me get past that first thing. Because if we don't get the attitude right and the spirit right, it don't matter what activity we employ. I got home. I got home and, 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 and started going through the flicker. It come across the, the, the National Geographic or, or whatever that channel is. And it said, locked up abroad. Missionaries that were captured in the Philippines. Some of y'all may have remembered this story. I believe it was just last year. Uh, uh, Marty, Martin, and Gracia Burnham. Anybody remember that story? In the Philippines, and the, in the, in the, the guerrillas captured them. Missionaries were held captive for two over 200 days. And, 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 and he was killed. He was killed when they tried to rescue him. But Gracia, was, it was the wife, through this story, through this documentary, they was interviewing them. And she had the most calm peace that you could ever imagine. And she was telling about each step of the journey, each step of the process as they were being held captive and being made fun of and being tortured. And she says at one point, 
Martin looked at me and he said, I've seen greed and I've seen anger and I've seen bitterness. She looked dead at the camera. She says, and he said, I saw it within us. Everybody's thinking that they were talking about the captors. Everybody's thinking they were talking about the, the militants. He said, God showed us through this experience what was in us. And she began to cry. And she says, I pray to God that I do not go through this experience and not come out a better person. She says, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, she says, we gave our life to Christ. The church, you may be here today, and you're not saved. Well, I can't think of a better place to get in at. Why should I be saved? Why shouldn't you? I mean, why not get on the train? Your ticket's paid for. You know, this generation is about what have you done for me lately? You know why it was so easy? You know why it was so easy back in Acts chapter 2 for them to be willing to sell their possessions and and distribute and, and give to those that were in need? Hey, they had all things come. Not one person said that what things they had was their own. You read that in chapter 4. But they were so selfless and so sacrificial. You know why? Because Calvary was burnt in their mind. They remembered Calvary. Now I want to ask you this. The direction we're going, we're going. We're not retreating. We're not going back. This is the way God's leading. And I want to ask you this. How is your spirit? How is your attitude with what God is asking out of you? It may not have anything to do with a class or a program or even the church. You may have something in your life that God is asking you to deal with. You may have a habit. You may have something in your life that God's wanting you to give up today. Let me ask you this. If it is such a great sacrifice, if it is something God is expecting, just it's just too much for God to ask out of you. Have you seen Calvary lately? Have you, got, have you got a real good image of him being pulled across pulled across a rock, solid place, and then strapping the cat of nine tails across his back, leaving his back open? The Bible says his vision was so marred that you could not even tell he was a human being. You remember that? You remember that as he laid on that cross? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, every single one of them that was so willing and so sacrificial, I guarantee you, they remembered when he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. There are some people in here that somebody's done something for you in such a great way, you can't hardly repay them. You would do anything for them. But there's nobody in this building that's ever done for you what he has. Brother Ron, I want you all to come and sing that scarred hand song. Because it fits. I told you it would fit. And if you're here today and you're not saved, I want our altar workers to come.
Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here.